RTHK, the news at 11 with Todd Harding. Tonight's headlines, all five franchised bus companies in Hong Kong apply for fare rises. Litterbugs and fly tippers set to face stricter enforcement and bigger fines. And the mainland is to start issuing a range of visas to foreigners again. All five franchised bus companies in the city have applied for higher fares. Among them, City Bus wants to raise by half fares on its airport services. Here's Vanessa Chang. Kowloon Motor Bus is seeking permission for a 9.5% increase, while a sister company, Longwind Bus, is hoping to charge passengers 8.5% more. New World First Bus and City Bus have asked for an across-the-board $2 rise, while New Lantau Bus wants to hike fares by 9.8%. City Bus is also seeking to raise fares on its airport services, or A buses, by 50%. It wants to charge 23% more for regular and overnight buses that service the airport and for its North Lantau Bus network. Federation of Trade Unions lawmaker and a member of the LegCo Transport Panel, Bill Tang, says he's against the proposed fare hikes. He warned that such increases would have far-reaching repercussions. If such application will be approved, it is a very, very big damage. Not only for the staff, they are working burden, but at the same time, it's a very big damage for the restoration of Hong Kong Airport. It's a very, very core industry. If such application is approved, so many staff, especially the worker-level staff in airport, they will give up their job in airport and they will find another job in Kowloon, in other places. More government officers are set to be given the power to issue people with fines for littering, with some given body cameras to catch offenders in the act. Lawmakers are now scrutinising the administration's plans to double the penalty for littering. Violet Wong reports. The government has proposed doubling the fine for littering to $3,000 and raising the fine for illegal dumping fourfold to $6,000 as part of efforts to clean up the city. At the LegCo meeting, Undersecretary for Environment and Ecology Diane Wong told lawmakers that officers from the Environmental Protection Department will be allowed to issue fines for littering. Currently, Officers from the Police and Food and Environmental Hygiene Department, or FEHD staff, are among those who have the power to do so. And to tackle illegal dumping, staff from the FEHD, Housing Department, Leisure and Cultural Services Department, and the Agriculture, Fisheries and Conservation Department will be able to start helping the Police and the Environmental Protection Department punish offenders. Ms Wong says that to reduce interdepartmental referrals because the relevant officers on the scene will be able to issue a fixed penalty ticket on detection of the offence. She also said FEHD staff will be equipped with body cameras like those won by the police for better evidence collection in case of disputes. The government plans to table the relevant law changes to LegCo in the middle of the year. A 57-year-old grandfather has been given a suspended sentence of two months in jail and fined $6,000 for child neglect, leading to the death of his granddaughter. The five-year-old girl died after falling from his homemade electric tricycle in January last year. Principal Magistrate Ivy Choi described the case as a tragedy. 
Mainland authorities say they'll once again start issuing a range of visas to foreigners from tomorrow. The foreign ministry's move is a major easing of the travel restrictions that have been in place since the outbreak of the COVID pandemic, as Vicky Wong reports. The move was made after authorities last month declared victory over a recent surge in the virus and is expected to help rekindle a 17 trillion US dollar economy that suffered one of its slowest rates of growth in nearly half a century last year. The foreign ministry said areas in the country that required no visas prior to the pandemic will revert to visa-free entry. This will include the southern island of Hainan and cruise ships passing through Shanghai port. Visa-free entry for certain tourist groups from Hong Kong, Macau and countries within the ASEAN regional grouping to the southern manufacturing hub of Guangdong will also be resumed. To the weather forecast, mainly cloudy but with sunny intervals tomorrow and temperatures in the region of 19 to 25 degrees with moderate easterly winds. The outlook, sunny periods in the next few days and it will be warm. Currently the observatory is 19 degrees Celsius, humidity 78%. You're listening to RTHK, the time's exactly five minutes past 11. The Secretary for Environment and Ecology, Chen Wan, says he plans to step up testing of food products from Japan, which plans to release contaminated water from the destroyed Fukushima nuclear power station later this year. Speaking at a LegCo panel meeting, the minister said the government has tested more than 700,000 food products from Japan since the 2011 disaster, and officers will step up testing from April using new equipment. Mr. Tse says the government may consider tightening import controls, especially for aquatic products from Japan. If the government of Japan goes ahead with a discharge plan, the impact could last for as long as 30 years. We're concerned about how the Japanese authorities will ensure the effective operation of the treatment facility continuously and how they ensure that the discharge plan will not pose any potential risks to the marine food safety and ecosystem. The Housing Society says applicants for its new Senior Citizen Residences Scheme will be able to look at flats in its new project in Hong Hum from Friday. The Blissful Place Scheme provides more than 300 flats for people aged 60 or over. They need to pay a one-off contribution of between $1.2 million and $2.65 million within one month, four months or one year, but don't have to pay rent. Here's the Society's Sales and Marketing General Manager, Peter Orr. We understand we have to cater for the different needs of the applicants. Uh, some need more time, uh, say, to uh, handle their own financial uh, affairs, and so uh, they need more time to just really to pay off all the entry contribution. The government has approved plans by an NGO to convert a hotel on Morrison Hill Road into a youth hostel. Residents will pay a monthly rent of between $3,800 and $4,800. Jacqueline Guico takes a closer look. The Home and Youth Affairs Bureau has endorsed a proposal from the Hong Kong United Youth Association to convert the hotel on Morrison Hill Road. The association said the Bee Living Youth Hub will have a total of 97 rooms, providing up to 194 places for people aged between 18 and 31. Eligible applicants need to be Hong Kong permanent residents who do not own any residential property and earn less than $25,000 a month. The rooms will range from 176 to 324 square feet. The first phase of the application period ends on the 28th of next month. 
This is the first project approved under a government subsidized scheme announced in last year's policy address to turn hotels and guest houses into youth hostels. The Home and Youth Affairs Bureau says officials will continue to work with different groups to address young people's housing needs. Beijing says the leaders of the U.S., Britain and Australia have disregarded the international community's concerns over their AUKUS defense pact, which is aimed at countering China's ambitions in the Indo-Pacific. The foreign ministry made the statement after the trio revealed details of the plan, which would provide Australia with nuclear submarines. Wang Wenbin is the ministry spokesperson. The United States, UK and Australia established a so-called trilateral security partnership to promote cooperation in nuclear submarines and other cutting-edge military technologies. This is the typical Cold War mentality, which will only motivate arms race, damage the international nuclear non-proliferation regime, and harm regional stability and peace. Peaceful countries have expressed grave concerns and firm opposition to this. The latest joint statement issued by the U.S., U.K. and Australia shows that the three countries have gone further down the wrong and dangerous path for their own geopolitical self-interests, completely ignoring the concerns of the international community. North Korea has test-fired two short-range ballistic missiles in another show of force after the U.S. and South Korea began military drills that Pyongyang views as an invasion rehearsal. Seoul said the missiles were launched from the coastal town of Yang. Jangyeon and flew across North Korea before landing in the sea off its east coast. The launch came just days after Pyongyang fired two strategic cruise missiles from a submarine in an apparent protest over the U.S.-South Korea drills. U.S. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan said such actions won't halt the drills. The uh, North Koreans first tested a submarine-launched uh, missile capability in 2016. They've been refining it. They've been trying different iterations of it. Uh, you've seen them announce the launch of two missiles out of a submarine. We're still studying it, uh, making an assessment of what it means in terms of their capabilities. Uh, but of course, we're not going to let any steps North Korea take deter us or constrain us from the actions that we feel are necessary to safeguard stability on the Korean Peninsula. Police in Pakistan have used tear gas and water cannon to disperse supporters of the opposition leader Imran Khan from outside his residence in the city of Lahore. The clashes broke out after police officers arrived in vehicles to try to arrest the former prime minister following a warrant issued by a court. The BBC's Anbarasan Eti Rajan reports. Pakistani officials said violence broke out after supporters of Imran Khan started pelting security forces with stones and bricks outside his residence in Lahore city. Witnesses said several of Mr Khan's supporters were injured in the tear gas shelling. The former prime minister is facing allegations that he incorrectly declared gifts received from foreign dignitaries while in office. Mr Khan says the case is politically motivated. The Supreme Court in India has rejected the government's plea seeking more compensation for victims of the major gas leak disaster in the city of Bhopal in 1984. Here's the BBC's Anbrasan Rajan again. Thousands of people died after the leak from Union Carbide's plant in Bhopal, considered one of the world's worst industrial disasters. The Indian government sued Union Carbide, now owned by Dow Chemicals, and the company agreed to pay an out-of-court settlement of $470 million in damages in 1989. Activists criticized the settlement, saying it was a paltry sum, and it failed to capture the enormity of the damage. 
The Indian government approached the court in 2010 seeking enhanced compensation for the victims. Campaigners put the death toll as high as 25,000. The Indonesian island of Bali is planning to ban foreign visitors from using motorbikes following an increase in cases of people breaking local traffic laws. Police say there have been more than 170 traffic violations by visiting tourists in February and March alone. The BBC's Richard Howells has more details. Hiring a motorbike or scooter to tour the picturesque tropical island of Bali is popular with holidaymakers. But the authorities are worried that too many visitors are breaking traffic laws, riding without helmets, driving after drinking alcohol or even without a licence. Under the new proposals, travel agents will supply visitors with scooters or motorbikes. But Bali is still recovering from Covid and needs the tourist dollars that come from scooter rentals. Bike rental companies say the authorities should concentrate on specific traffic violations rather than imposing a blanket ban on riders. The new law is likely to come into force later this year. A Japanese opposition member of parliament known for his YouTube content is to be expelled from the upper house after failing to attend any session since his election last year. From Tokyo, here's the BBC's Shaima Khalil. Yoshikazu Higashitani has not attended a single day of parliament sessions since he was elected in July last year. Mr. Higashitani, who goes by the name Gashi on YouTube, is famous for his celebrity gossip videos. The lawmaker is believed to reside in the United Arab Emirates. He belongs to the opposition party Seijika Joshi 48, formerly known as the NHK party. Last week, he failed to show up to offer an apology at a plenary session in Parliament. Instead, he announced on his YouTube channel that he was going to Turkey and that he was planning to donate his salary to the Turkish earthquake relief. The annual inflation rate in the United States is edging down. It was 6% last month compared to 6.4% in January. But the consumer price index rose by 0.4% month on month. The new figures are in line with expectation, but still present the US central bank with a dilemma. The Fed has been raising interest rates to tackle inflation. Now to sports and football, where the Champions League takes centre stage later tonight with places in the quarterfinals at stake. Manchester City hosts RB Leipzig, with the tie beautifully poised at one all from the first leg. City manager Pep Guardiola has won the competition twice with Barcelona, but admits he's expected to win it again with the Premier League champions in order to cement his legacy in Manchester. Because since the day one arrived here in the first game in Champions League, they asked me when just arrived, landed here, sitting for the first time, are you are here to win the Champions League? I said, what? I accept it. So as much you go through, it's not going to change that. Yeah, definitely. And a reminder of our top stories tonight, all five franchised bus companies in Hong Kong apply for fare rises. Litterbugs and fly tippers are set to face stricter enforcement and bigger fines. And the mainland is to start issuing a range of visas to foreigners again. The news from RTHK. Thanks a lot to Todd Harding. More news coming your way at midnight. Fifteen minutes after eleven. How lucky can one guy be? I kissed her and she kissed me. Like the fella once said, ain't that a kick in the head? The room was completely black. 
I hugged her and she hugged back Like the sailor said, quote Ain't that a hole in a boat My head keeps spinning I go to sleep and keep grinning If this is just the beginning My life is gonna be beautiful I've sunshine enough to spread It's just like the fella said Tell me quick, ain't love a kick in the head Like the fella once said Ain't that a kick in the head The sailor said, quote, ain't that a hole in a boat? My head keeps spinning. I'd go to sleep and keep grinning. If this is just the beginning, my life is gonna be beautiful. She's telling me we'll be wet. She's picked out a king-sized bed. I couldn't feel any better or I'd be sick Tell me quick Twilight Time here on Radio 3. It's our three, and uh, Kevin Lewis here looking after things for Peter King, who uh, is away uh, for the rest of the month, actually managing to get holiday. So uh, between now and midnight, some real nostalgia for you. That one, 1960, it was Dean Martin, and ain't that a kick in the head? Here's Billy Holiday. No kick from champagne Where alcohol doesn't thrill me at all So tell me, why should it be true That I get a kick out of you Some get a kick from cocaine Sure that if I took even one sniff, that would bore me terrifically too. Yet I'll get a kick out of you. I get a kick every time I see. Of nothing 
thing to do.